Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. Many traditions are found at this time, like foods, decorations, parties, gifts, songs, and yes, even movies. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. I'm sure we all have our favorite Christmas movies, right? It could be White Christmas, Frosty, Die Hard, or even one that I didn't mention. In this series, we're going to pull out biblical truths that can help each of us live lives better from four Christmas favorite movies. We hope you enjoy. Mary, what is it? Christmas Eve Eve? Is that right? I've never done a Christmas Eve Eve service. So welcome to uh, West Valley Christian Church. If we've not met, my name is uh, Rob Denton, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here. Uh, We started a series at the beginning of this uh, month, and we called it Christmas at the Movies. And we've taken four uh, Christmas favorites. They may not be your favorites, but we've taken four Christmas favorites, and we've taken biblical truths that run throughout those movies. And so today, uh, we're going to delve into our fourth. And so uh, you'll see kind of how I'll do that. But one of the things before we get into the, the topic tonight, um, do we have any movie fans? Like you like going to the movies? Raise your hand. Yes, there's three of you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, okay, Pastor John, yes. And, and one thing I know about Pastor John, don't, he doesn't want anyone to go with him. He just likes to go all by himself. So um, anyways, uh, with that, uh, I, I, I know, like, here's the reality. I, I, I'm okay with going to the movies, but I'd rather waste three hours at a Dodger game. Did you know the Dodgers got a couple players this uh, Anyways, sorry. Um, I don't know if there's any other Christmas messages that are going to have that in it. But, uh, but, but I'd rather spend three hours at a Dodger game than a movie. But I do know that like, there's, there's some things that people like and don't like about going to the movies. Like you guys like, are picky. Not me, but you. You know, you have some quirks that, that you just like, well, let me give you some for instance. Like popcorn. There's those of you that let's get a big, you know, big old, what's that thing called? Bucket. Big old bucket. And, and we're going to pass it around. We're going to share. And then there's the others of you. This is my popcorn. Don't you touch it. Right? <laughs> Uh, then there's, there's, there's those um, that, that when you go to the movies, there's a particular place that you have to sit, right? Some of you are like dead center, dead center, or I like the very back. I don't think very many of you like that front row, but knock yourself out. I'm sure it's always open. But then there's other quirks that, that we could talk about, but you know, the kids talking or the adults talking, that kind of stuff. Like there's some of you that will literally correct those individuals and some of you would be mortified to ever say anything to anyone about that. But here's the big controversial one. And it's one that happens in my family. When to arrive. Are you with me? When to arrive. I hate, Pastor Rob said it, I hate previews. <laughs> Can I hear an amen from anyone? That are, yeah? Like, like you get there. Like the movie says it starts at seven. Baloney. It's like 7.25 but by the time that movie starts. And so I'm okay with showing up 15 minutes because I'm not late. I'm still going to see the movie. But there's those of you, you go because you love the previews. Are there any of you out there? Okay. All right. So, so with that, I want to tell you, there's no previews today. 
Boo! But what we are going to do is a little review. So let's pray, and then we're going to get on with the message. Father, thank you for um, having us here tonight. And God, thank you especially for those that are visiting with us for the very first time, that it took courage for them to walk in these doors. And uh, God, I just pray that they would feel welcome, that they'd feel at home. And God, for all of us, including myself, that we would grab a hold of your word tonight, that it would speak to our hearts, that you would prepare us and surprise us with something that we didn't even think that we needed to hear. God, I pray that this would even be life-changing for some people here today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. So uh, tonight's uh, Christmas movie is The Nativity Story. Uh, for obvious reasons, but what I thought, and I've never, I know, I've never even done this on a non-Christmas Eve uh, message, but I just feel like the feedback that we've gotten from this series has been big, at least in my life, with the text or the emails or the conversations. And the truth is, it has nothing that I've said, but it has everything to do with what God says. And it's not even just exactly what God says, but it's what God says about topics that most of us are dealing with in this moment. And so I thought we're going to spend a chunk of actually this time going over the last three weeks. For, some, for uh, those of us that have been a part of this journey, it'll be a good reminder and we'll be able to check our hearts and our face and, our, and see where we're at with this. And then those of you that are just joining us, I hope that this will be a fire hose in some ways, but I hope that you'll be able to grasp onto something that will apply to your life right here, right now. Amen. So right the very first week, uh, we looked at that very theologically deep movie called Elf. And uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's about a character. uh, His name is Buddy. And at the very beginning of the movie, he's a happy elf and and everything is good. And uh, until he sits on his dad's lap, his adapted dad's lap, and his dad drops this bomb. Buddy, you're not an elf. Well, this breaks Will Ferrell's heart. And so he goes to New York in search of his real father. And that's the whole movie. And there's some fun things in there. And and we're not going to get into all those details. But here's here's what, what we shared the very first week. We shared this whole idea of Buddy the Elf had a smile on his face, had joy in his heart. But then there was something in his life that just changed everything in just one moment. And all of a sudden, this joy-filled heart was now a stress-filled heart. And we looked at the Bible. And if you have your Bibles, uh, great, open up. Otherwise, all those passages that we're going to look at today are found on the screen. But Luke chapter 1, we looked at Luke chapter 1. And we looked at a young girl. Her name's Mary. And it says, in the sixth month, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, uh, Gabriel, to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was? Mary. The angel uh, went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is what? The Lord is with you. Mary, here it is. Mary was what? What does it say? Mary was what? Mary was greatly troubled. Wouldn't it you be? 
Here's this young teenage girl that she's excited about uh, the future and marriage. She's engaged and we've joked about picking colors and, and sampling food and all that kind of stuff. And that's probably not true of what was happening in that culture. But nonetheless, she was excited. There was joy in her heart. And all of a sudden she gets this news that she's pregnant. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Greatly troubled simply means this. Hopelessness, tears, anger, and perhaps fatigue. All possibilities Mary experienced. All these emotions and feelings that she perhaps could have felt at this news that turned her smile into a frown. And we talked about this. We talked about how we can relate in life, right? Unfortunately, we know what it's like to have joy in our heart and that joy be turned inside out, upside down. It be sucked out of our heart and all of a sudden we find stress. And it's particularly true of this time of year, amen? There's a lot of stuff that people are dealing with at high levels, particularly during this time of year. And we joked about just go over to Costco parking lot. Everyone's horns are working very well over there. But I know we could joke about that because the truth is, if we were able to look into all of our hearts just sitting in this room or those of you that are watching us online, the truth would be told we may have smiles on the outside, but our hearts are hurting. Stress has overcome our hearts. And it's pushed out this thing called joy. And we don't know how long, but Mary wrestled with this. It wasn't like the angel came and said, Mary, you're going to give, uh, you're highly favored with God and, and, and you're going you're to be pregnant and you're going to give birth to the son of God. And she's like, yes, I'm so excited. Let's do this. There was a moment in her life where, where she had to wrestle with this where fear had to have set in her heart, where, where stress had, what am I going to say to my parents? What am I going to say to Joseph? What is the community going to say? And again, I bring it to your life. You know what that's like. Maybe some of you are dealing with that right now. Where just a year ago or just a month ago, you, you, just, you were on top of the world. Life was so good. But like Buddy the Elf sitting on his adoptive father's knee, just one sentence would turn everything inside out. Luke chapter 138, and we don't know how much time between these nine verses. Is it hours? Is it weeks? Is it months? But in Luke 138, it says, Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be filled and then the angel left her. You see, we're not going to go on this. And by the way, you could always go online onto our website. And, and all of our sermons are recorded. And so you could watch those online. You just check out the website and click on that. And uh, maybe that will help you go to sleep at night. <laughs> Except for when Pastor John's the one preaching. So we went into great detail with this. But I want you to know that we don't have to stay stressed. That we don't have to live on the edge of losing it. And Mary made a choice. 
and it was a good choice. She chose joy, and joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances with an inner contentment and satisfaction. Did you catch that? That's what joy is. That's the difference between joy and happiness. And I alluded to it just a moment ago. But yes, I'm a Dodger fan. And yes, it was really awesome to land some good, really key players. Those hot dogs are going to be really expensive, right? And, and so you can have this happiness about it. But, but you know what? You go through the season, all of a sudden one of these guys gets hurt and another guy gets hurt and you make it to the playoffs again and you lose. All of a sudden that happiness is gone even though you spent a billion dollars. Because that's what happiness is. It's based on the external. And Jesus doesn't promise happiness, but Jesus promises joy. Because he says, I could give you eternal joy. I could give you everlasting happiness inside, no matter what is happening outside. Who wants that? I know I want that kind of joy. Philippians chapter 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Paul writes this while sitting in prison, awaiting whether he was going to be killed or not. Whether he was going to be executed or not. And he writes, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Well, we talked about joy. How do we get that then? And again, I'm just flying through this part. You can, again, listen to it online. But we use the acrostics, J-O-Y. How do we get joy? J, Jesus. You can't do it without Jesus. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus, this is maybe why you're here tonight. You're trying to do life and you're trying to fight all the stress and all the confusion and you're trying to fix everything on your own. I want to tell you, I want to save you from a lot of heartache, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of medicine and tell you that that Jesus is the key to having joy. The O stands for outlook. Colossians chapter three, verse one, uh, two, uh, verses one through three says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on what? The things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. I know this, if I set my heart and my mind on the things on this earth, boy, am I gonna spend And I'm going to spin the wrong way. Am I the only one? Like there's a lot of craziness out there. There's a lot of good out there too. But there's a lot of craziness. And so the key to joy is Jesus and our outlook. And then why? I don't know. This one's not too popular. But it's true. Your choice. Your choice. What are you talking about, Pastor? I want, so, I want God just to shake me and just infuse it into me. I want him to make me. He's not going to do that because the Bible tells us that God gave us free will. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's a wonderful thing. But it gets us into good places and it gets us into bad places, right? But here's the reality. You get to choose if joy is going to be in your heart or if stress is going to be in your heart. You can't put it on somebody else. You can't blame everybody else. You can't blame circumstance. You can't blame the government. You can't blame Pastor Rob. Right? It's your choice. And I have a buddy that's really struggling. He's got about 24% of his, uh, the use of his lungs. And he's a pastor. And he'll be preaching, I think, six Christmas Eve services. And he can barely, he could just, he just, he's, he's leading a healthy, growing church. But you know what he says often to me? 
Rob, I choose joy. You know how humbling that is? Because we all have all sorts of things we're stressed out about, all sorts of things we could complain about. All co- but it's our choice. Because I know this, a lot of us, all of us can have joy. So that was the, that was the first week. And, and then we talked about Home Alone and Pastor John uh, talked about uh, good old, uh, I can't even remember his name now. Macaulay Culkin, right? But who was the character? Kevin. 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 Poor little Kevin. And he's left all alone and his family, leave, you know, and, and he goes against these bad guys. And, and Pastor John talked about this whole thing about the battle that we face, especially during this time. And we talked about the spiritual battle, the battle of good and evil. And we know that Kevin, he was left all by himself to face those bad, evil guys. But Pastor John showed us scripture after scripture that reminded us that the battle that we're in here on this earth, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be right here with us, to help us. For when we can't, he can. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Huh. John simply said this, Pastor John simply said this, really there's, there's, a, uh, there's more than this, but I'm going to nail the two. The, the way that we deal with the spiritual battle is Jesus, making sure that Jesus is in our life, and his word. You see, at West Valley Christian Church, we believe that this is God's word. And whether it's Saturday night or Sunday morning, God's word is preached. And, and we're not going to back off from it. And we're going to always put it out front. There's no such thing as the Bible needing a 2.0 version. All right? We don't need to update this thing. We don't take things out of it just because we don't like it. And we don't change it because culture has changed. This is what needs to change culture. Culture doesn't need to change this. And so we talked about this. We talked about God's word. And we talked about Jesus helping us to deal with this thing called life. And I don't want to say it in a negative way because life isn't always bad. But this helps us navigate life. Then last week, the Grinch that stole Christmas. Bah humbug. And we learned this. This was my thought. You guys could push against it and think whatever you want. But I decided the Grinch actually doesn't hate Christmas. I think the Grinch hates what Christmas is about. He hates what the hope, he hates the joy, and he hates the love. And so we took, we took a look at Joseph, and we looked at Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be what? Pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, <laughs> And yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to what? To divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be what? Do not be afraid. And we talked about this. Mary, she was, she was filled with joy and then she heard this phrase and then stress took over her heart and then eventually she turned it back into joy and we read a song that she sang that proved that and she said, man, I'll do what you want me to do, Lord. And here with Joseph, 
I would say that Joseph was a righteous man because the Bible said it was a righteous man. And Joseph had peace in his heart. And then the Bible says that then an angel came to him and he informed Joseph about all that was coming. And then we know this. We know that fear was in his heart because the angel says, do not be afraid. Again, like Mary with Joseph, we don't know how long this was, but we know the peace had turned into fear. And I ask you, can you relate? Some of you are sitting here fear-filled. And to, 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 fear, to feel stress is not an evil thing. To feel fear is not an evil thing. Actually, both of those are human. And both of those can be healthy at one extent, but at the extreme, that's when it gets dangerous. And so with fear, what we talked about is, you know, <laughs> I talked about a snake. I was golfing one time up in the mountains and my ball got lost on the backside and I went over the hill and I saw my ball and I got about five feet from it and I went to reach down to pull it out. And guess what? It was in the middle of a, 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 a curled up rattlesnake. I decided you could have the ball. But fear, you know, that, that was probably a healthy thing not to reach in there and, and mess with a rattlesnake. But, but the point was, as I said, if I stopped golfing because I had that one experience with a ball landing in a coiled rattlesnake, then fear has caused me to be paralyzed. Fear has changed my life. And so there's, you know, I, I shared all kinds of other illustrations about this. But Joseph, at first, Peace turned into fear. And he had to wrestle with God on this. But ultimately we know that he trusted in the Lord. And I ask you, are you allowing fear to paralyze your life? Are you allowing fear to take you away from doing the very thing that God wanted you to do? You see, if Mary stayed in stress and Joseph stayed in fear, we would not be having this celebration today at least in this way. Are you with me? I'm not saying that God wanted to chose somebody else, but all I'm saying is we're not, we want to be talking about Joseph and Mary. How are you doing? And then I ask this, are you living in the what ifs? Because that's what fear is, right? What if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if, and what if, and what if, and what if? That's what fear does to us, and it keeps us sitting right there. So I asked, are you living in the what ifs or the who is? And the who is God. God's got your back. He believes in you. He created you. Yeah, you've messed up. Yes, I've messed up. Yes, we've screwed up. Yes, I will continue to mess up and screw up. But God stays the same. He is faithful. And there's passages I'd love to throw your way. Deuteronomy 31 uh, says this, six, be strong and courageous, God says. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. I can't always be there for you. You can't always be there for me, but God will always be there for us, amen? And then we look at Psalms 23, four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, the Bible says. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. John 14, 17, Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not 
be afraid. There's somebody here tonight that needs to hear these words. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear rule your heart. Let the peace that surpasses all understanding that God gives us through his son, Jesus Christ, fill your hearts and your minds today. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. I want rest. Boy, do I want rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is what, church? It's light. These are some amazing passages that scripture tells us that Joseph trusted in God and he turned that fear into peace. And now we come to our fourth movie. Luke, I'm your father. No, Luke (laughs) chapter two. That just sounded weird. Luke chapter two. Verse one. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of who? David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Why? Because Mary overcame stress and was filled with joy because Joseph overcame fear and was filled with peace. While they were there, 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 uh, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over what? Keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you joy for all the people. Today in this town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. You see the nativity story, the movie, the nativity story is this story. It's a story about Mary and Joseph going on this adventure. And ultimately, baby Jesus came from heaven to earth, God in the flesh, laying in a manger. I love the Bible when it says in John chapter 114, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father, full of what? Full of grace and truth, a lot of us. I was one of them. I grew up, and I'm not going to tell in, in what kind of uh, denomination, but I grew up in a church that made me so scared of God. Like if I was going to do something, I was going to get zapped from God in heaven. And I think a lot of people out there, they have a misconception of who God is and who Jesus is, the son of God. And yet I love this passage because it says Jesus came to this earth filled with what? 
grace and truth. Like, like he's not a God that's ready to zap us every time we do something wrong. Otherwise, I would have been zapped a long time ago. And I know some of you, and you've been zapped a long time ago too. But Jesus is, is filled with grace. And grace is a gift that we don't deserve. And even though we do wrong and maybe make some mistakes, God's grace through his son, Jesus Christ, covers that. I think that's a beautiful thing. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know this grace? Mary went from stress to joy. Joseph from fear to peace. They did not quit. They did not throw in the towel. They did not give up. They now have a front row seat. A front row seat of, of seeing what God was going to do through their child. Jesus. You see, in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Though uh, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him, check this out, in him was what? Life. Wait, wait, wait. In him was life, and that life was what? The light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Did you catch that? The light shines in darkness. So we got Mary with stress to joy. We've got Joseph from, uh, we've got Joseph from fear to peace. And here we're talking about Jesus coming into darkness and being the light. And Jesus as the light would change that community. He would change our community. And he's changed community from that time all the way to today. He has always been light in the darkness. I need that light in my life. I believe you need that light in your life. I know our community needs that light. I know our country needs that light. And I know our world needs that light. There's a lot of stress and there's a lot of fear and darkness, isn't there? Jesus, let me allow you to be the light in my life. The light shines in the darkness. Darkness is the total absence of light. There's words associated with darkness. Uh, I wrote some down. Uh, Sadness, pain, hopelessness, and evil. And Jesus as a light has overcome that. My question to you is, are you living in the light? Or are you living in the darkness? There's an old story told by Paul Harvey. And you can listen to it with your eyes open, eyes closed, but he did this on an old radio station. An older man and his wife were debating if they were all going to go to the Christmas Eve midnight service. Finally, the the father said, you know what, you guys all go. Um, I don't believe in all that stuff. And I feel like if I went, I'd be a hypocrite. So the wife gathered the kids and got them in the car and they went off to the church in this small town. He went and sat down on the couch, the fireplace going and crackling and moments later he, he got up just to make sure they got off okay and he looked out the window and he see all of a sudden the snow was coming down and it was coming down faster and faster. And he thought, well, I'm just gonna go sit down and read the newspaper. So he got in his big old cushy chair. He grabbed that old newspaper 
put on his glasses, and he began to read. A few minutes later, he heard a thump. And then he heard another thump. And then he heard a thump, thump. He thought, oh, gosh, the neighborhood kids, they're throwing snowballs at the window. So he got out of his chair, and he put his newspaper on the ground, and he walked all over there, and he wiped the window so he could see it, and peers out there, and he doesn't see any kids, but right down below are as a flock of birds that are fluttering. And he looked at them, and he saw that they were helpless, and that they were struggling, and they were trying to get out of the cold, and out of the, 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 the snow, the snowstorm, and he thought, what can I do for these birds? And Ah, the old barn where the kid's pony is hanging out. I'll go out there. And so he put on this big old jacket and he put on his boots and he's going to go trudging through that storm. And he gets to the barn. He opens up those big doors and he flips on a light. And immediately he thought the birds would see that and they'd go flying through the, the snow storm and make their way into the barn, but they didn't. And he was puzzled by this. He thought, why, why would they stay here when I've got this here? He goes, I know what I'll do. I'll get some food. And so he worked his way back to the kitchen and he got some bread and he broke it up into pieces. And he goes back outside and he's just dropping pieces of bread crumbs all the way from the, where the birds were all the way to the barn. And he thought, surely this food is going to get them there. But they didn't. It's, they stayed. They're, they're, they were in the freezing cold. And, and he goes, no, I, you, you got to get in here. And he starts flapping his arms like a bird and thinking, my goodness, they've got to get out of that storm. Well, after flapping enough, he got frustrated and he was confused and he felt hopeless. And he's like, I wish there was something I could do for these birds. And he finally thought to himself, man, if only I could become a bird. Then I could talk to them and I could tell them that this is safe and that I'm safe and you don't have to be afraid of me. Just as he had that thought, he could hear the church bells ring playing an old Christmas song. And it all hit in that moment. And he dropped to his knees in the snow. Thank you, Lord for being the light. I want to tell you something. Some of us are like those birds and we're just trying to do it on our own. We're just struggling. I would encourage you on this day that all of us, those that know Christ and those of us that don't know Christ, that we would find ourselves to the barn where the light is to a safe place where we could have hope, peace, love, and joy. Amen. Well, because of how Christmas Eve has fallen this year, we're, we're having this service tonight, and then we're having our regular times tomorrow morning and doing the same service. For, so, for some of our church members, um, this is, this is quote-unquote church. And at church every Sunday, we do communion. And we take up an offering, which we typically don't do at a Christmas Eve service, but we're going to be doing that here tonight. And so in just a moment, uh, those of you that uh, have said yes to Jesus, that found your way into the light and uh, understand him as your Lord and Savior, we have the portable communion that we'll be taking here in just a moment. And for those of you that haven't made that choice, uh, that's okay. We're glad you're here. And maybe during this time, you could just pause and think about the message and maybe we're you're at 
Is your heart filled with joy? Is it filled with stress? Is it filled with fear? Is it filled with peace? Is it filled with darkness? Is it filled with light? We'll be taking the juice that represents Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross for us. And then we'll also be eating a piece of cracker that reminds us of his body that went through a horrific death for us. So little baby Jesus in the manger, he grew up and uh, he, would, he would eventually be crucified, but death could not keep him down. Three days later, he rose again. And that's what we celebrate at this time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity for us to focus in on you, to think about you, to celebrate you. And for some, maybe to share you for the very first time. God, if my words have been confusing, I pray that you unconfuse them and make them what you need people to hear. And God, if if what has been said is true, I pray that it sets into our hearts and mind. I pray against stress in people's lives right now. I pray against darkness in people's lives right now. And I pray against fear, Lord. May we all be filled with light, with joy, and with peace as we partake in these emblems. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your tender mercies and your love that you've always